Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I am the host, Brianna Battles, founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism and CEO of Everyday Battles. I'm a career strength and conditioning coach, entrepreneur, mom of two wild little boys, and a lifelong athlete. I believe that athleticism does not end when motherhood begins, and this podcast is dedicated to coaching you by providing meaningful conversations, insights, and interview topics related to fitness, mindset, parenting, and of course, all the nuances of pregnancy and postpartum. From expert interviews to engaging conversations and reflections, this podcast is your trustworthy, relatable resource for learning how to practice brave through every season in your life. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Practice Brave podcast. Today, I wanted to talk to you about what it is like to recover from an injury. And in uh, the context of this episode, I hurt my knee pretty badly a couple weeks ago. I'm very, very fortunate that my entire knee was not blown out. It was kind of a freak accident, jujitsu, which of course is part of participating in a, a contact sport like that. But again, I'm very, very lucky that I did not bust my meniscus and MCL. So I've been recovering from that for a few weeks now. And it's had me reflecting a lot because so much of recovering from like an orthopedic injury is in alignment with recovering from pregnancy and you're managing the symptoms postpartum. And frankly, this will be a theme that repeats itself throughout our lifetime. If we are choosing to participate in fitness, we have to understand that with fitness comes different life setbacks. It can be sickness, it can be injury, it can be a life event. There's a lot of different things that will derail our pursuit of this lifetime of athleticism. And within that, you really need to understand how to go about navigating that, know how to start over, know how to rebuild. And these are themes that we learn oftentimes for the first time during pregnancy and postpartum, because we're having to do things differently. We're having to make a lot of different adjustments that we haven't typically had to make before on behalf of our changing body, our changing needs, changing abilities, et cetera. So when talking about this again in context to an orthopedic injury like my knee, there's there's two thought processes. And you'll see that this is this also shows up in the pregnancy and postpartum fitness world too. You'll hear, well, gosh, like you just need to stop. Like you're hurt. You just got to rest. You got to take it super easy and stop doing everything. Um, Just like when you're pregnant, like, oh, you just can't really do X, Y, or Z anymore. Don't lift over 20 pounds. Like really conservative messaging around our abilities when our body is different, when our body is injured, when our body is pregnant, whatever it might be, or even postpartum, when you are managing different symptoms, we're often told don't do X, Y, or Z. A lot of limiting beliefs around our abilities when managing whatever consideration it may be. And then you have the other end of the spectrum, which is like athlete brain land of just keep pushing through. Like, yeah, you're hurt, but like you can still go, you can do more. Um, And being able to walk that line and being able to check yourself is really, really hard because so many of us are programmed to, well, like, yeah, my knee is hurt, but like, I can probably still do this. I can probably still do that. And that's definitely the world that I gravitate towards. 
Um, and if you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance that you probably are a little athlete brained too. Again, we're up against a lot of different messaging and it can be really scary because obviously we don't want to make things worse. And again, I'm speaking really broadly because this can be applied in a lot of different ways. So your symptoms, um, your training, your body, whatever it might be, we don't want to make those things worse. We have to train and recover in a way that keeps us under that symptom threshold. Athlete brain wants to take you to that symptom threshold. Like it hurts, but I'm still probably okay. Or it hurts and I'm still going to keep pushing. And then we go beyond that symptom threshold. We're now we're like, we're making it worse. We don't want to do that. Again, if we're really in this game to pursue this lifetime of athleticism, whether you are a professional athlete or you're just a, an average exerciser, somebody who just wants to feel good in their body, these same concepts apply. I would have the same conversation with my professional athletes that I work with. So it's being able to take whatever your circumstance is. For me, a knee injury, maybe for you, pelvic organ prolapse, maybe for another person feeling like really nauseous during pregnancy. How can we work with what we got? What are our unique considerations at an individual level? What feels good? What doesn't feel good? What can I do? What can I just like not do right now? Um, sometimes we just have to like build a ceiling, right? So symptom threshold, I want to stay under that. And the longer we stay under that, not pushing to that threshold, not going to the max, not going beyond the max, but staying under that threshold helps increase the ceiling of our athletic readiness and of our symptom threshold. So basically the more time we give ourselves, the more we are able to still train, but train differently in a way that really honors what our body needs right now, the higher that ceiling gets. And that's how healing happens. That's how progression happens. That's how getting stronger happens. That's how getting faster, running further. That's how all of that happens. It's it's progressive overload, but it's being able to stay at and under that symptom threshold, especially when you are recovering from whatever your unique body circumstance may be. But again, so many of us are told do nothing. So like I hurt my knee. Well, you know what? I can't go back to jujitsu or I can't lift anymore. That's not true. Three days later, I was pulling a sled. However, the sled was like 25 pounds on it. I was walking. It's getting mobility back. And three days prior, I, I couldn't walk. I literally like could not walk because of how bad my knee was hurt. So that seems crazy to a lot of people. Fortunately, I have a decent skill set with knowing like how to troubleshoot my body and my knee and injuries in general to make some progress. But most people were like, oh, you shouldn't go back to jiu-jitsu. You shouldn't go back to class. You shouldn't be lifting. You shouldn't be doing all these things. But I know from a recovery standpoint that I actually do need to do something both mentally and physically, but it's staying under my symptom threshold. It's not making things worse. It's actually going to make it better. Movement's going to make it better, but the right type of movement for my body is what's going to make it better. That is not common sense or common knowledge. So it's really getting this idea of we are not limited by our bodies. However, we have to make adjustments that are outside of what we're typically used to doing. And that's what this can be really, really tricky for people. For example, someone with pelvic organ prolapse might be told, well, like, you can't lift heavy again. You just can't. But that's not true. How you lift, how you perform, that's what's going to determine 
if it's making your symptoms worse or if you're actually feeling better. Those are some things to consider, right? If you have, again, prolapse and you want to lift, well, then we're changing some of your breathing mechanics. We might be changing your range of motion. We might be changing uh, where you're sending your pressure. We might be changing your form a little bit. And all of those things can improve your experience, your symptoms. With my knee, like there are certain movements I could not do. Basically, anytime my knee would cross the midline, it would be really aggravated. So I had to make sure that my movements, I was recreating stability. I was able to walk. Um, I was like trying to like cut my range of motion for any kind of squatting movement patterns. Um, hinging was like not really good for me at that point in time. But that's why I scaled back from a lot of those things. There were some movements were like, yes, other movements that were like, no. Uh, one model that is really helpful to help gauge where you're at, I actually teach this really extensively in the coach course, but I think anybody can use it is it's a, it's a spectrum, right? It's a spectrum of colors. So there's green, yellow, red, and black. Green, those movements feel good. You're good to go. They're, they're not creating any issues. You can move well. You feel good doing them. Yellow, for the most part, they feel pretty good. Like the movement feels good. Sometimes maybe at a certain volume or at a certain load or whatever it might be, then maybe you might be at symptomatic or you might feel something that doesn't feel 100% in your body. But for the most part, you're solid there with your movement or your ability within that task. And then red is it causes pain. It causes symptoms. It causes a flare-up. It's really aggravating. And whether it's the movement of like that particular load or that volume of double unders, or um, for me, a certain range of motion for the knee uh, or different just movement patterns for the knee, that would be like a red category, right? Because it's like, oh, that really freaking hurts. That's making it worse. Or somebody who's managing their incontinence, like, well, I'm good, but then like, it's, it's really bad after like five reps. I just can't do it. Uh, Whether it's double unders or jump squats or running mates, whatever creates symptoms. And then black is cannot perform, whether it is fear based or it is ability based. There's an, there's an inability to perform that particular movement, um, task or variable of exercise. So those are a few things to help kind of gauge where you're at in that process. And so for me, a little over two weeks out from this injury, I have improved range of motion dramatically. I feel pretty good. It's like, it's only painful uh, in like certain like glitchy movements. I'm not ready for completely dynamic movements. Like jujitsu is like very dynamic, right? Like it's not controlled. I'm really good in controlled movements, but jujitsu, like I still need to be a little bit more careful. I'm not going hundred percent. I'm not even going 90%. I'm not even going 80% because it is such a dynamic and reactive sport. But in the gym, I have a lot more control. I can control my range of motion. I can adapt the exercises. I can drop the loads. I'm not lifting super heavy. I don't need to load it as like my normal load, but I can work up to that. I can stay under my symptom threshold by going a lot lighter and just getting more comfortable with a range of motion again. So we can say like in the gym, I'm somewhere between like a yellow and green for the most part. But with jujitsu, I'm like yellow red because certain movements or, you know, yeah, just certain like dynamic movements. So the really reactionary things, 
that hurts. Like, and there's, and I can't always prepare for that. I can't always keep my knee in like perfect alignment where it doesn't like cave in or whatever. Again, that's not the sport. So it's understanding like just because you're green or yellow in some categories, does that mean that that translates across the board? But when we can build our capacity to work towards being yellow in most ways or eventually green, I think that's what we're working towards, but we're not always going to be there. There's going to, again, it like has to exist across a spectrum. And it gives us a different way of thinking about returning from an injury, returning from sickness, returning from a life event, returning from pregnancy and managing symptoms postpartum, whatever it might be, is knowing in some ways you're going to be making a lot of progress. Some things feel really good. Other things just need a little bit more time. They need a little bit more adaptability and if you stay under that threshold, it's going to help increase your ceiling. And that is the goal, right? I think a lot of people think that well, I'm feeling mostly good now. We're going to go full send. And then they end up getting injured again. And like that's not what any of us want. A lot of this is an experiment. You don't have to be like, and I'm not getting this right either. Like, that's another thing I should say is like, I know a lot but I also battle my own freaking athlete brain demons. So I did not have this mastered whatsoever, but there's a lot of perspective of knowing how to leverage athlete brain and saying like, am I actually ready or do I just want to be ready? Because a lot of times our brain is ready, but our body is not. And that's a theme I talk about a lot with my postpartum athletes is knowing like, yes, our brains might be like, let's go. You're just like, you're this is too easy, or you should do more. Um, like we can get really toxic with ourselves. And that's when like, I had a post that like, did, I don't know, a lot of people resonated with it. It was like, athlete brain is this is too easy. But like athletic maturity is like, bitch, you weren't walking three days ago. So like, it's fine. Like, right. So we have to be able to check ourselves and say, like, am I actually ready for this? Or where am I truly at in this process? And know that time is annoying. And Time is what gives us the result that we want long-term. So I know I want to be competing and doing jiu-jitsu for a long time. I also know that in order for me to do that, I need to keep my body as healthy as possible in the ways that I can control. I cannot control freak accidents, but I can control my approach in the gym. I can control my approach to I'm at managing injuries, managing any symptoms that come up. Like that's what I have control of is like what I do as a reaction to the circumstance that present that present themselves as uh, so just something to really think about when again because this is going to be a theme that happens for all of us throughout our lifetime this is not the first time i have been set back um and it won't be the last time but that's for me this i learned so much through my pregnancies and postpartum because that's the first time that like shit's not always in my control like i have so many adjustments to the ever-changing circumstances of my body, what it needed during pregnancy, what it needed postpartum, what it needed when I was super sleep deprived, what it needed when I was incredibly depressed, like what it needed during huge life transitions where, you know what, like I'm just not training and living in the way that I would prefer. So like, how can I work with the circumstances I have right now? That is so hard to learn. It's so hard to practice. And another thing we learn on the other side of this is it's actually very temporary. It does not last forever. We find a better system. We make improvements. We improve our routine. We improve our choices. 
we improve our approach. Like there's so much growth that happens and that's what creates this journey of like athletic maturity is it's taking the circumstances that we have and then evaluating like what's actually the healthiest approach for me. Is it depriving myself of calories? Is it pushing harder? Is it getting right back into what I was doing before? Or is it taking my time? Is it giving my body what it needs? Am I fueling? Am I sleeping? Am I doing all of these other extras that are really like the help build that foundation? So if we're not acknowledging the foundation of recovery, and we're just trying to like skip to the top of that pyramid of performance, like that's not sustainable. It will, it will backfire. It will. It always does. And it doesn't matter how good of an athlete you are. If you are building, um, you know, you're trying to build a house without a really solid foundation. So you have to create that foundation of well-rounded health of recovery of, I've just feeling stronger and better staying under that symptom threshold while you give your body that time to improve, to do what it needs to do, to remodel, to rebuild, um, and then to build that athletic capacity again. Because that is a process and a lot of us don't like time. I'm definitely that person. I've been reminded of that again (laughs) through this process of just wanting to, again, being really frustrated. Like when I went back to jujitsu, I was freaking frustrated. I hated that I had to like go easy or even when I tried to turn it up a notch, it was like, like I'm like, I feel like I'm going to lose this round because I can't like, I can't play my game. I'm having to play a different game. And like just that annoying bitch voice in my head that's like, you should be better or like, we'll just like push through it, right? So that never goes away. I'll tell you that right now. The voice does not go away. What we do with that voice is what we have control of because the voice will always be there. You have to learn to like acknowledge that this is an opportunity to do things differently and you're going to be a better athlete for that when you can learn how to differentiate like that athlete brain from what your body actually needs right now and then use you know things like that the color spectrum knowing what your ceiling is giving yourself some time and then creating that foundation that's going to actually help give you what you actually want long term not just being led through our ego or anxiety or our frustration of just like, I just want to feel like myself again. I just want to do what I do. I just want to run at that speed. I just want to lift that weight. I just want to go at that intensity, whatever it might be. We're all desperate to do that thing again, but how we get to doing that thing again is what's going to actually help make it happen sustainably and long-term so that this isn't a cycle that repeats itself. If you're constantly injured, there's constantly symptoms being aggravated something has to change. Like that is your body saying, Hey, this isn't working for me. (laughs) This isn't working. Um, I've been very freaking fortunate to rarely be injured, knock on wood, because I've gotten the last decade, I've tried to get a lot freaking smarter about how I train. And so much of that is connected to my brain and like uh, managing my own expectations and learning to give myself a lot more time and grace and strategy. Because again, being told just rest and do nothing, like that's not the right advice either. There's always something you can do. Always. There's always something you can do. What that is, is just going to be different at all different points in your, in your process and your 
preventative process and your recovery process, whatever it might be. But we have options, not limitations. And I think that the medical world, a lot of practitioners, and frankly, even just different like sport cultures put a lot of limitations on like, well, I hurt this, so I need to stop doing it. But that's not the case. We we just have to do what we were doing differently and for a different time period, right? Like the, how we train, I'm training jiu-jitsu right now is going to be different than what I was doing three weeks ago before I hurt my knee. But I also anticipate that two weeks from now, I'm going to be feeling a hell of a lot better. It's going to be really good to be able to get back and turn up that intensity more because the ceiling has been increased. So it's just some perspective that I wanted to share that's just very timely in my own life, but it connects so much to our conversations about athlete brain, about athletic maturity, about athletic readiness, about symptom threshold, like all of these different things. Like it just brings to light a lot of what we talked about for pregnant and postpartum athletes, for the coaches that work with women during these seasons. It's incredibly important to kind of address that whole person because if we don't address the motivations and the belief systems around our exercise choice and our performance, like we're missing the point. Like we're, <laughs> we're just definitely missing the point there. So if this podcast episode resonated with you, I would love to hear from you. And you make the biggest difference when you leave a review on the podcast. So I would love that if you could, you could do that as well. So thank you so much for listening and we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practice Brave podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and help us spread the work we are doing to improve the overall information and messaging in the fitness industry and beyond. Now, if you are pregnant and you are looking for a trustworthy exercise program to follow, I have you covered. The Pregnant Athlete Training Program is a well-rounded program for pregnancy with workouts for each week that are appropriate for your changing body. That's 36 weeks of workouts, three to four workouts each week, and tons of guidance on exercise strategy. We also have an at-home version of that program. If you are postpartum and you're looking for an exercise program to follow, the eight-week postpartum athlete training program would be a really great way to help bridge the gap between rehab and the fitness you actually want to do. From there, we have the Practice Brave Fitness Program, which is an ongoing strength conditioning program where you get new workouts each week and have a lot of guidance from myself and my co-coach, Heather Osby. This is the only way that I'm really offering ongoing coaching at this point in time. If you have ever considered becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, I would love to have you join us. Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism is a self-paced online certification course that will up-level your coaching skills and help connect the dots between pelvic health and long-term athletic performance, especially during pregnancy and postpartum. Become who you needed and become who your online and local community needs by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Thank you again for listening to the Practice Brave podcast. I appreciate you and please help me continue spreading this messaging, this information, and this work. Mm -hmm.